Uh, three weeks ago when I was here, I was, um, I was telling you guys that I had a verse that I knew was meant for the people of New Hope. And um, I don't know why that God delivered that scripture, and I figured that you guys would know why. Uh, but this week, it was kind of the opposite. I was, in the past two weeks, actually kind of struggling with um, what we would be talking about this morning. I wasn't sure. So um, as I was struggling with it, I was, I was sharing with my sister and my older son, my oldest son, yesterday, and um, telling him, well, these are the things I'm thinking, and I'm not sure, and yada, yada, yada. And they were kind of helping me process things out loud. And as I was telling him, well, this is what I was thinking about, and this is what was laid on my heart, and this is what's on my mind. And they both kind of looked at me and said, well, it sounds like God did give you a message, so go and share it. So here we are this morning. Um, so what's been on my mind is that there are a lot of uh, Bible verses that, that teach us how to be Christ-like. A lot of scriptures that tell us what Christ's uh, life looked like and accounts of his life. And we're called to kind of model that same life that he, he lived out for us. And we can examine his life and see that he modeled sacrifice, love, forgiveness, acceptance, friendship. Um, and we also see that he was the kind of friend that didn't just tell people what they wanted to hear, but he also told people what they needed to hear. He was a truth teller. He's still a truth teller. Even in times when he had to tell somebody some hard truths that maybe they didn't want to hear, he spoke very respectfully. He was a teacher, not an accuser. And when I read the words written in the Bible, sometimes I need to ask myself, am I as an individual applying those things to my life? Am I living how Christ modeled for us to live? And I ask how I can better do it. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Um, I'm a flawed person. All of us here, we have our flaws, right? I don't stand alone in that. I'm, I'm just going to make that assumption, and hopefully it's a safe one. Um, I have... <laughs> well, we've got one. Um, we, we should have support networks in our life, people that are going to tell us not just what we want to hear, but people that are willing to tell us the hard truths, the things that we need to hear. And I think it's really important that people call us out when we're doing something wrong. And as I was thinking about that, I was reminded of a time that we were driving in the car with our kids, Ezra and I were driving, and um, we were in an argument, and the kids were just kind of, I don't think we had all the kids that we have now yet, um, because I think our oldest at the time was about 10. He's 16 now. And as we were driving, and I was super frustrated, and I said, oh, Ezra, you're being such a jerk. And then we get to where we're going, and then we get out of the car, and Josiah walks around the car and comes to me and said, Mom, can I talk to you for a second? I was like, okay. And he said, I was really offended when you called Dad a jerk. And I was like, okay, so here I'm standing, his mom. And I think as a parent, sometimes when our kids correct us, our instinct might be like, who do you think you are? You have no place to correct me because I'm your parent. But I don't think that's right. That's not a right stance to take because if we're raising up our children to be strong, and living in the word and knowing right from wrong, then they should be able to speak to us and call us out when we do something wrong because the fact is we're flawed. And so I hear, here I have my maybe about 10-year-old son saying, I was really offended when you called dad a jerk. And so I have to take a deep breath and I looked at him and I said, Josiah, it was wrong of me to call dad a jerk. And I'm sorry that I offended you. And I will apologize to dad. When on the inside, I'm like, so, I'm not in that place yet, but I will get there because it's the right thing to do. 
Um, and yet we have those moments, right? And I think that it's important for us to have people in our lives, no matter how young, how old, male, female, it does not matter. We need to have people that can surround us that are going to tell us hard things. Um, so we hear a lot about the lifestyle that God calls us to live, but what does it look like when we gather together as a church family? In 1837, there was a tale written by Hans Christian Andersen, and it's called The Emperor's New Clothes. Maybe you've heard of this story. Um, If you haven't, I'm going to share with you a little bit about this story. It's an interesting tale and a very short read, which is great for people with short attention spans. That would be me. Uh, It's an emperor who was super into fashion. He was all about his wardrobe, and he spent all of his wealth on being well-dressed. This is what was important to him. And um, a lot of people came and visited their town. It was a happy town. Um, And the emperor loved to display his amazing wardrobe. And one day there were two swindlers that came to town. And the story reads, they let it be known that they were weavers. And they said that they could weave the most magnificent fabrics imaginable. Not only were their clothes colors, not only were their colors and patterns uncommonly fine, But clothes made of this cloth had a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who was unfit for his office or who was unusually stupid. Those would be just the clothes for me, thought the emperor. If I wore them, I would be able to discover which men in my empire are unfit for their posts. And I could tell the wise men from the fools. Yes, I I certainly must get some of the stuff woven for me right away. He paid the two swindlers a large sum of money to start work at once. So the story goes on to share that the, the swindlers set up these looms and they got hard to work and they gave the appearance that they were weaving on these looms that were empty. There was nothing on the looms. So the emperor comes to check on their progress. Um, he doesn't say anything, but he sees the, the swindlers talking about how beautiful it is and, oh, it's coming out so great. And the king doesn't see anything on the looms and he's feeling a little bit nervous about that because his understanding is that if you don't see the fabric then it's because you're either unfit for your position or you're a fool you're stupid so he doesn't want to say anything so his idea is to go get his most honorable and trusted minister and have him go check on the fabric and so um the minister goes, he checks on the swindlers, and the, the swindlers are like, oh, yeah, see how beautiful it is, and see, we've done this, and showing that, and this guy's like, I don't, I don't see anything, but he doesn't say anything, because now he's questioning, am I unfit for my call, or am I a fool? So he just tells the emperor everything that the swindlers tell him about the fabric. Oh, it's, it's got this, it's got that, it's so beautiful, and... Um, so on and so forth. So then as other people are coming and checking on it, and now they've heard this wise minister share this, and the emperor's been told this, so they're just, everybody coming to check on it is thinking the same thing and behaves the same way. They report back the same thing. Uh, so it's going on that um, the swindlers just keep uh, fawning over the magnificence of this beautiful clothing, and other officials hear this repeated, and they just keep, it goes on and on and on. So they all are assuming that they're the only one that doesn't see the fabric. Um, And they're feeling like they might be stupid or unfit. So the emperor is so pleased with his new beautiful outfit, and he decides he needs to have a parade to display it for everyone to see. 
because obviously it's beautiful because everybody's telling him it's beautiful and nobody knows that he doesn't see it and he doesn't want them to know that they see it. You guys, there is nothing there. There is no fabric. So the king and his men go down on the roads. The swindlers help him get dressed up in his new outfit and they clasp it for him and the officials pick up the train watching each other and they both they pick up this train they go on this parade down the street the king and his men are going down the roads and all the townspeople are like of course seeing the same thing because there's nothing there but they're all thinking the same thing like oh am I a fool am I stupid am I unfit so they're all just like oh look at his fabric oh it's so beautiful so the whole town is doing this until finally a child who's too young to worry about what other people think of him say, but he, hasn't ha- he doesn't have anything on. Um, and the story continues. It says, did you ever hear such innocent prattle, said its father. And one person whispered to another what the child had said. He hasn't got anything on. A child says he hasn't anything on. But he hasn't got anything on. The whole town cries at last. The emperor shivered, for he suspected they were right. But he thought, this procession has got to go on. So he walked more proudly than ever, as his nobleman held high the train that wasn't there at all. So if you have the visual, this emperor is walking down, parading, completely naked. And everybody's just fawning over it until it takes a little kid speaking up. So this is a tale, but I think it speaks to something that actually goes on in our minds and our own hearts. In reality, um, there's a term in social psychology uh, for this phenomenon, and it's called pluralistic ignorance. And that's the belief that your own private attitudes and judgments are different from those of others, even though your public behavior is identical to theirs. So if we're all behaving publicly like we all believe the same thing, but you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm behaving this way because it's the common thought, but I think that I think differently, but I'm not going to share that. Um, pluralistic ignorance Um, we're called to live lives in Christ we are called as unique individuals and God's not surprised by our unique thoughts because he invented us he's the author of our mind he's the author of our hearts so as unique as we are we're not a surprise to God he's the God of love and he set up a model for us to know how to live how to work how to be kind, civilized humans to one another. Um, But he also called us into a group. He called us to join together and to love and worship him as a family. And the call to unify as a group, it can be so easy, and it can also be so hard. It's easy when we feel supported. It's easy when we feel safe. It's easy when we feel loved by the community around us. And it's hard when we feel like we have to silence our thoughts and our opinions because we're afraid that we're going to be judged or ridiculed or shamed. I want to read you guys um, Colossians 3, 12 through 15. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if you are struggling with temptation or have an issue that you're reluctant or embarrassed to talk about, I'm going to ask you, and I would love if you give me some feedback here, what are some of the characteristics that a person would have that would make you feel safe to share those issues with? So think of something you might be struggling with and you wanted to go talk to somebody. What kind of characteristics would you look for in somebody that you would feel safe sharing with? Go ahead. Um, It would go no farther. It would go no further. It stays between you two. Absolutely. Yes. Somebody who admits their own faults. Somebody that admits their own faults. That's a good one. Someone that wouldn't judge you. No judgment. Someone say that again. Good listener. Someone who doesn't use Twitter. Someone who doesn't use Twitter. <laughs> it stays off social media. Yes, it stays between just the two of you, right? Honesty. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Wisdom. That's a great characteristic. Yeah. Compassion. Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. So as you're thinking about those characteristics, those are the ones that make you feel safe. So are those also characteristics that we're wearing ourselves? Are we a safe place for somebody to come to? Um, Every single person who believed that scripture is true, if all of us were wearing those characteristics, do you think the church would feel like a safe place to the community outside? Yeah, I think so. I think if we were known for, for wearing those characteristics, that compassion, the keeping things confidential, no judgment, this would feel like a really safe place to the community. If we have a reputation of kindness, humbleness, gentleness, patience, if we forgive, if we love, if we are letting peace rule in our hearts, people wouldn't have fear for speaking up or sharing their own thoughts. Even if they're the only person in the room with that thought, And even if their idea or information was wrong, it would be a safe place to express it because it would be met with wisdom, kindness, respect. Can you imagine if that were your reputation as an individual or if that was our reputation as a church? Pluralistic ignorance, it would not be able to exist anymore. If uh, communities, if if we were extending ourselves out to the greater community, and we were creating a safe place for people to land, and if people felt like, well, I want to be that safe place for others also, it would just cease to exist. Nobody would have to live in fear of what their struggles are, what their fears are, or what this thought is that I might be having that's a little bit crazy. But if I say it out loud, does that make me crazy? No, you might find out that everybody in the whole room thinks the same thing. How many times has that happened that, you've, that you say something out loud and other people are like, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to say it. And all of a sudden you realize everybody thought that the same thing. So, you know, we've got to create a safe space for that. If you are someone who believes in Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins and rose from the dead, I want to remind you what is written in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I believe that God has called us to put on clothes. Clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Then when we go out as we are called, we have a soft place for people to land when we invite them back into church. It would be so embarrassing if we invited people in and we were naked. So let's make sure, family, that those are the clothes that we're wearing and that we are the the soft place to fall. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the clothes that you've given us. Thank you for the clothes that you wear, the clothes of compassion, kindness, gentleness. Lord, thank you that you give us the opportunity to take on those same attributes. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you, God, that we have a safe place to land. And Lord, if I'm a little too rough around the edges, if I am not that safe place, I just pray that you would soften my heart to the struggles others are facing and that I would be able to meet those struggles with the clothing that you want me to wear. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, this is maybe my third or fourth time visiting New Hope. I don't know. I love being here. I love visiting you guys. Uh, I don't know if now when you see me coming, you're like, oh, Karen's here today, so it's going to be a shorter message. <laughs> I don't know if you know, I'm, um, my husband and I are youth pastors at our church, and so we work with teens, and this generation that's coming up, they, they have so much access to information, and a lot of times we think, oh, their attention spans are so much shorter, which may be the case, but I can't knock them for that because I have a pretty limited attention span also. But um, what I think is actually happening is that they process information so much faster because they've had so much access to information. And so um, it's become where the the leaders at our youth group have learned that we've got to get information out and we don't have to repeat it over and over because they're actually retaining this information and processing it super quickly. So that's kind of when you see me coming, you're like, oh, church is out early today. Karen's here. Um, that's kind of, that's, 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 that's where we're at. That's why. So, <laughs> um, My hope for you guys is that as you leave these doors, that you feel like you have a safe place to go and return to. That whatever thoughts are happening in your mind, you know you're not alone. And that you have people that you can express them to. I pray and hope for all of us to clothe ourselves with those attributes that Christ modeled for us. That we would be people of compassion, of kindness, that we would be good friends. And that we don't just tell people what they want to hear, but we can tell people with gentleness and respect what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.